All right, let's do this. A special edition daily delivery podcast coming to you live from U.S. Bank Stadium in the aftermath of Vikings losing 31-24 to the Giants. Season's over, you guys. Um, I'm sure we'll talk a lot more about this tomorrow morning with Patrick Royce, later on tonight with Andrew Kramer and Ben Gessling on the Axis Vikings podcast, but wanted to run through a bunch of thoughts while they're still raw, get this up, this special edition, as soon as possible. So let's get to it quickly. First and foremost, walking into this game, um, I got into the building around yeah, 2, 2.30, somewhere around there for three, what was supposed to be, I guess, a 3.30 kickoff, got pushed to 3.50. Thank you, Bills. Thank you, Dolphins, for playing forever. Um, there's a fan, as I was walking in, started a Let's Go Wild chant, which I thought was very strange. He might have been overserved. Um, probably almost definitely was overserved, but uh, I took that as kind of a bad omen. It was almost like, um, even though he was joking, even though he was definitely uh, maybe not full of his own faculties, it felt like a crowd that was maybe resigned to or ready to move on from this season, even though it was a 13-4 and four year, even though it was a magical regular season, even though this team vastly overachieved to get to this record, I took that as a bad omen. And uh, maybe that played out throughout the game. The Giants taking control kind of midway through that first half and never really relinquishing it. You know, even when the Vikings tied it in the fourth quarter, did not feel to me like this was a game that they really had kind of on on the right side of momentum for most of this game. Now, they did have it for a little while. They had they came out, took the opening kickoff, took the drive 75 yards, touchdown, very methodical. Kirk Cousins, they looked very good on that script. After that, speaking of bad omens, Ed Donatel's defense got on the field. This was Ed Donatel, by the way, uh, before uh, a few ga- a few days earlier, um, talking about his much maligned 31st ranked defense when the when the coordinators talked earlier this week. I got this one queued up early, and I ended up wanting to use it. Well, um, it's our time to shine as a defense now that we're hitting the playoffs. I uh, really love the overall team chemistry of this football team. And uh, we've been put in a lot of big moments. It's hardened us for these times that are coming. Uh, the uh, margin of error is very small when you get to the playoffs. Uh, we're playing a familiar opponent in the New York Giants. We've just seen them a couple weeks ago. It's a great opportunity to dig into their tendencies because it's fresh in our mind. You know, I, I can just about name anybody, but, you know, they're kind of taking over our team. And, um, you know, I think you'll like the way we play. So that was the backdrop for this game, right? Ed Donatel saying, hey, see, regular season's over. You're going to like the way we play right now. Our, our time to shine. It was not the defense's time to shine. Spoiler alert. Give up a quick touchdown to the Giants right away. Um, 7-7. Vikings get cute on the next possession. This is a Kevin O'Connell um, this is this one's on him. KOC had a few tough moments in this game, and that third and one play from uh, from Kevin O'Connell the, that he called in the pass back from Justin Jefferson to Kirk Cousins lost a couple yards on that play. They had to punt. That was a momentum play in this game. Vikings probably went into this game knowing they were going to have to outscore the Giants to a large degree because their defense was just not going to hold up. Ed Donatel's promises notwithstanding. And that play gets them off the field. Giants score quickly again after that. It's 14-7. And again, that momentum at that point, I don't feel like they ever fully got momentum back after that point. 
Next Vikings drive, Irv Smith drops a second and three pass. They ended up getting off the field. Giants go on like an 11-minute drive after that. Ends in a field goal. It's like 20 plays. It was absurd. Daniel Jones just shredding them with his legs, with his arms, pretty much doing whatever he want. Giants had over 400, easily over 400 yards of offense again. They just had no answer for anything the Giants wanted to do in the most important parts of the game. Now, Vikings did find themselves back into this game at various points, right? They, they get, you know, Brian Dable gets a little cute. They, they end up, you know, settling for a field goal. They, they don't take a penalty late in the first half. Vikings end up getting a touchdown late in the first half. Get it to 17-14. Just did not feel like the Vikings were in any way, shape, or form the better team in that first half. But then you're looking at it, well, they're only down three. Maybe this is just this is just kind of the way they've played all year, right? They haven't been a great team at a lot of points in this season, but they, they do find a way to to uh, you know to survive to thrive even when they are not playing their best. Second half, Giants get the kickoff, marked right down the field. You're thinking, "Okay, here we go again with this with this Donatel scheme." Again, it was it was just it was embarrassing. It was it was just whatever changes they thought they were making throughout the course of the year in terms of scheme in terms of, you know, blitzing more in terms of getting players tighter on the on coverage. It just was not did not seem like it had any effect or did not seem like it was happening nearly enough in this game. Daniel Jones was entirely too comfortable at all points in this game. Maybe a little bit at the end of the game. They started to get to him a little bit, brought a little bit more pressure, but by then it's almost too little too late. Giants made it 24-14. Vikings did get it back right away, 24-21. Kirk Cousins, by the way, um, tons of respect for the way he played for 59 minutes in this game. Took a ton of hits. Found T.J. Hawkinson for a lot of uh, a lot of contested catches, a lot of tough plays for T.J. Hawkinson along the way, but um, you know not enough in the end. We'll get to that in a little bit. But Vikings do get enough stops to get it to 24-24. Big false start penalty, by the way, on uh, Christian Derisaw. Vikings were going to go for it from fourth and one at the 15. Looked like they were going to make it uh, on a QB sneak, but they called a, a false start on Derisaw. He flinched on that play, ended up having to kick a field goal that makes it 24-24. Don't know if that affects the overall outcome, but if they make that play, end up getting a touchdown, take a lead, that feels different to me in the fourth quarter than what they ended up getting, which was a tie. Giants take the ball down, get a, get a go-ahead touchdown, and then the Vikings play after that was just really flat. Their next drive after that, midway through the fourth quarter, Kevin O'Connell again, questionable play calling. I thought the the play calling in that Green Bay game a couple games ago was was very questionable down at the one-yard line. This was questionable to me. Two screens, one to Dalvin Cook, one to TJ Hawkinson. The screen game has not been there all season long. I don't know why. It feels like this offensive line, that should be something they do well, but they have not done it well all year, and for some reason they go to it in the most critical drive of the year. They end up losing two yards total on two completions, end up going three and out, and Giants get the ball back. Now the Vikings do make a stop eventually thanks to a dropped pass. But in the end, Vikings get it to midfield. Again, you guys probably just watched this game. I'm just painfully rehashing these memories. The Vikings get it to midfield. It's fourth and eight. Kirk Cousins, who has played great in this game, has had a lot of big-time gutsy throws all season long, picks the absolute worst time for Kirk checkdown. Checkdown Kirk to come back, throws it to Hawkinson. He's like six yards short of the line of scrimmage. They are six hours short of the first down. They they turn it over on downs. Giants run off the clock, and that's your ball game. Your first one score loss of the season is in the playoffs. It ends your year. You're 11 and 0 in one score games until this game, and now your season is over. 
Felt a little bit Gary Anderson-esque, a little bit too on the nose that year that he hadn't missed a field goal all year until, of course, that one against the Falcons where he missed it wide left. Falcons score, tie the game, go into overtime, and win at 98 NFC title game. This one, not nearly as painful, of course, but uh, but the, the overall narrative of this game, like I said, it just didn't feel like it was one glaring error. Of course, Cousins, you know, you would have liked to see him throw it and give it a chance at least to be a first down. You would have liked to see Kevin O'Connell, maybe with a little bit of a tighter play call in some of those key moments, you'd have liked to see them not do, not get cute with that with that pass back from Jefferson to Cousins. You'd have liked to see a few more things. Obviously, you want to see better defensive performance, but there wasn't that one like glaring error, and that maybe is what hurts particularly for the Vikings. I think in this game because I think they were just outplayed. I think they were I think they were beaten by a team that flat out played better than them. Even if the Giants had a nine seven and one record coming in, the Vikings were just not a very good team in this game, and frankly. I think we can say it now. They just were not a very good team this year. They were 13-4 and four, thanks to a lot of incredible breaks, thanks to a lot of key plays and key moments, which can't be overlooked. But that is not necessarily a sustainable model. And if you were worried about one thing coming into the game, and I was, it was that that feature was going to run out at a certain point, and it ran out on them at the worst possible time. Now, ultimately, this is disappointing, right? You, you, you wanted them to at least win one playoff game, right? To feel like this was a season that you know, at least met expectations in terms of what you could do in the playoffs. You were 13 and four, 13 and 14 is supposed to win at least one playoff game. But let's be realistic. Did you, do you think that they could have played with the 49ers if they had won this game? I don't think there's a chance they are even close in that game. That should tell you a lot about this year's team. That should tell you a lot about this year's team. Some changes that are yet to come in 2023 and beyond as they take an honest reckoning and look at this roster. Now, before we go, let's let's run through a bunch of uh, let's run through a bunch of your thoughts. You guys had a lot of good post game thoughts, a lot of good uh, a good a lot of good takes, opinions, things like that. After this one, take a playcation to Mystic Lake with twenty four seven gaming. The good times never have to end, and you can satisfy your cravings at our restaurants and bars, or relax in one of our luxurious hotel rooms. Those that play together stay together. And don't forget to join Club M so you can spark new memories and bask in the rewards along the way. Follow the lights to Mystic Lake, where every day is play day. All right, let's start with uh, let's start with Joe Barbo says Vikings gonna Vike. I mean, that was the thing about this, right? That they had kind of changed the narrative all season long, changed the narrative of, of sixty years. Of of you know of failure of, of not coming up in the clutch maybe not sixty years but the, at least their recent history it, this felt like 2020 2021 all over again um, my sports editor Chris Carr and I were sitting you know sitting here after the game just talking about that how this felt like a loss from last year where they were close where they weren't playing all that bad but they just couldn't make the big play in the end and of course it happens in the biggest moment and that's probably the Vikes gonna Vike portion of this. Roy Snow says the Vi- the Kirk skeptics are redeemed with that final check down and that last and get that last gut twisting laugh. Yeah, I uh, I already addressed this, but that was bad. That you you can't have that now. Andrew Kramer, I'm sure we'll talk about this more in Access Vikings. Andrew Kramer tweeted that he that Kevin O'Connell and Kirk were having a pretty heated discussion after the game or after that play. I mean, cannot imagine that was where Kevin O'Connell wanted the ball to go on that play. Benny A says, 11-0 in one-score games in the regular season, 1-0 in the playoffs. Fire Ed now and find a GM who can draft. Chefonomics adds, Kirk and Donatel can share a cab to the airport. You know what? 
I feel bad for Cousins in this game because he played a great game. He was under duress this whole game. Offensive line did not block particularly well for him. I did not think he took a ton of shots held in there, especially on a lot of those completions to um, Hawkinson. But the thing you will remember is that play that comes up short. If he makes a better play there, if they get a first down, who knows what happens? Maybe they come down and tie this game. Maybe they're still playing right now, and I'm not talking right now. So that is a fact. Joshua Broadwater says, no hot takes. Defense is just trash. I mean, they were 31st ranked this year for a reason. I don't know why Donatel expressed such confidence going into this game. Maybe it was just wishful thinking, hopeful hopeful thinking. I don't know what it was, but a lot of you were on the Donatel, uh, the Donatel stuff all game, and you were not wrong. Um, I had a fire, some fire Donatel stuff. Water finds its level. Uh, Zank you very much. Zank over very much, Michael says. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the story of the year, right? This was not a great team. This is a team with a great record, but I don't think they played a great game maybe all year after that Packers game. I don't think they played a single perfect great game. Maybe that Buffalo game is probably their their high watermark, but even that game was full of flaws. This was a team that was extremely flawed, extremely fun. I mean, 11-0 in one-score games, you can't can't take that away. So I don't think this is like a massive – disappointment I think I don't think you're going to say this is the team that should have won the Super Bowl I think you can still say this was a fun year but I think you can be honest about what this year was and this team just was not a great team this was a team with a great record Chopper McChoppy says it's simple draft offensive line and defense only that every year ever football ain't complicated that's the thing though They've, they've ignored defensive line. Offensive line, they've devoted tons of resources to. The last five years, they have drafted an offensive lineman in the first or second round all of those years. That is basically their starting lineup in this game, minus Brian O'Neill, whose absence was definitely felt in this game. I thought they held up okay on the edges. It was more the middle that gave them problem. Bradbury got pushed back pretty bad on a few of those plays. But, uh, but overall, they've invested in the offensive line. It's the defensive line that's been neglected, and that did show up in this game. They did not get enough consistent pressure on Daniel Jones. They looked slow. It was not just Donatello's schemes. They looked slow. They looked side-to-side side like they weren't getting enough push. They were not getting enough. They could not chase guys down. This is not a defense that is ready for prime time right now. They have a lot of changes that have to come in this case. Horns and Hoops says this loss may be helpful long-term. Not sure how or why, but I'll say it is. I did have that thought coming into this or even coming into this season that that they have to take an honest reckoning, an honest assessment of this roster at some point. Maybe losing in the first round of the playoffs, even after a great season, does give them a little bit of that leeway to say, you know what, we're not all that close. Maybe we're close to being a fringe playoff team in a normal year where you're not winning all these one-score games, but that's not good enough. You need to get better. You need to do more stuff to get yourself into a better position. So maybe that gives them, you know, if they win this game, maybe there's a little bit of a fool's gold element of wanting to run it back. I don't know that necessarily they would do that. I think Quesio Fomensa is smarter than that. I think Kevin O'Connell is smarter than that. But there is that temptation, maybe even from ownership. But when you lose a game like this, it does give you license to make more changes. And again, those are things we'll probably address bigger picture in the off season. Mike Phillips says they are who we thought they were. I mean, kind of. I've kind of said that a few different ways, but this was not a great team. I mean, we, we kept kind of dancing around it and making excuses and saying, man, wow, they won again in a way that we did not expect them to. But they were just not a great team at any point this season. They were a team that won a lot of close games, a team that was a lot of fun, a team that gave you a lot of memories, but ultimately not a great team. Uh, to that to, to that degree, Jibber Jabber says, we're a below 500 team next year without a doubt. I don't disagree with that take. I think there's going to be a lot of changes this offseason. I think they have to have a real accounting of you know, a lot of these veteran players on defense who are high-priced, are those guys going to be around? 
Um, what's Kirk Cousins' long-term future? I know he's under contract for 2023, but what does that mean for his long-term future? Where do they go from here? Justin Jefferson's obviously the biggest piece you have to build around, but this defense needs a massive overhaul, and that could take some growing pains. T-Gage, uh, my neighbor, says the better team won. You know what? I, I don't disagree with that. Again, the records would suggest the Vikings were the better team, um, and the Vikings did beat the Giants, albeit in a very close game earlier this year. But the Vikings just, like I said, the Giants played really well in this game. I think the Giants played better than the Vikings. The biggest difference in this game from the game they played earlier this year, the Giants turned it over twice in that game, and they did not turn the ball over in this game. Now, the Vikings did not either. Uh, I mean, they turned it over on downs at the end, but they did not have an interception or a fumble in this entire game. Neither team did. Um, so when you take that out of it, when you take the kind of luck element, when you take the turnover element out of it, the Vikings defense can't compete, and you saw that today, and you saw that the Giants were perhaps the better team in this case. Luke Hanlon says, a former student of mine, Luke Hanlon says, Quasi's first draft, especially tra- trading down 20 spots and not taking Jameson Williams or Kyle Hampton, is going to hurt this team's future. This was a year to compete, and it resulted in absolutely almost nothing. You know, I think that's hindsight to a degree, but not getting anything out of Lewis Seen or Andrew Booth Jr., their top two picks in the secondary, that really showed up this year, and that was a miss for them. They needed young young legs out there at some point, and they did not get anything out of either of those guys, primarily because of injury, although neither one of those guys was necessarily trending in the right direction before they got hurt. So it'll be interesting to see how how they come back and what impact they make. But another offensive playmaker would have been a huge addition to this team. Imagine Jamison Williams. Imagine someone else catching passes. I mean, TJ Hawkinson was a huge mid, mid-year, mid-year pickup, but imagine if they had drafted somebody else who could have been in there making plays. Paul Odegaard, former neighbor of mine, says, I politely submit that Kendricks and Harrison Smith looked washed and they were targeted all game for optimal matchups and manipulated reads. You know, it's it's too bad because I thought that Harrison Smith had a really good season. I think the scheme was maybe not greatest for him. I think Kendricks is maybe getting to be on the wrong side of that. And Smith, obviously, this is his 11th season. You do wonder when he's going to lose his step. I think this is a bad game for both of those guys. I think this is a bad matchup for both of those guys. I don't wouldn't, I don't know if they're washed at this point, but I, I do... I do get that sentiment. I do get the idea that maybe their best days are behind them. Chicken Fingers 69 has finished with him. Least liked Minnesota coordinators, position coaches of all time. Bob Schnelker, Dick Such, Ed Donatel. Others have been disliked, but I feel those three are on a higher level. Man, there's a lot of history there, but those are those are some names that uh, that, that are definitely in the, definitely in consideration. And Donatel. I mean, and Chicken Fingers was on Donatel all year. He was right. That was that was a, that was a curious move. The three four, the kind of soft shell. Whether it was talent, whether it's scheme, whether it's some of both, I think it's definitely some of both. Because Zimmer got nothing out of these guys in the last two years either. Um, you had to try something different, but he got nothing out of them, and there was just not anything there scheme wise that gave you any confidence. So I, I do believe that he is going to be a one and done coordinator, and they're going to have to f- go in a different direction. Even though it's not what you, you know, you don't want to see that. You don't want to see musical coordinators like Mike Zimmer with his offensive coordinators, but that is probably the place we are going to be. Now, let's bring this full circle before I finish up. It was just, you know, it was a game where I thought, like I said at the beginning, the momentum turned on that really, really dumb third and one play. And I don't know if, if that, you know, I don't know, I don't know if hindsight is saying that, if, you know, if the margins in this game were so tight because the defense wasn't going to make any stops, but I did feel like that was a key turning point in the game. I feel like Cousins throwing short of the sticks in the end will be remembered 
But I think the overall narrative is just the defense. The defense couldn't get stops when they needed it. The Giants did a lot of what they wanted to do whenever they wanted to do it, and they just could not get could not get off the field when they needed to. And that's the key in the playoffs. If you're going to be a bend but don't break team, you've got to get off the field at the on third downs. You've got to create turnovers, and they did none of that in this game, and really didn't do enough of that in the second half of the year. And it finally caught up to them in this game. That'll do it for now. Again, like I said, Access Vikings coming up later tonight, and I'll be on with Roycey in the morning. I'm sure we'll talk a lot of Vikings plus other stuff on the regular Monday morning edition of Daily Delivery. Thanks for listening to the special edition. I'm Michael Rand. Back at it again soon.